Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today I have the one and only Paul Williams, who's a former NFL player. So you guys might want to stick around. This is going to be fun. Okay, I'm back. Let me bring Mr. Paul Williams on. Paul, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ken. I appreciate it. How are you? Man, I'm good. Good. I, 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 um, we were laughing a little bit before, um, before the show. This, this should be fun. If, if, um, if Paul gets too boring, just drop a one in the comments and I'll, I'll, I'll kick him in, in the high care. <laughs> I'll go ahead and do that now. <laughs> So, Paul, um, look, I appreciate you coming on. I, I created this show a couple, two, almost almost three years ago now. Um, and it was really I, selfishly probably to help me have a breakthrough. Um, but, but I, I, you know, I think that by hearing other people's stories, we, we, ha we can heal our own yeah. lives. So, um, look, you know that woman? I do know her. She's uh, instructed me on what to do today, what to wear. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. I told her I can't hold my breath this long. <laughs> Jeez. She made you wear a girdle, huh? I hate it when that happens. So, um, so Paul, talk about where... Um, let's start with where you were born and raised. I was born and raised in Houston, Texas. In Houston proper? Or? In Houston, yeah. And actually, where it is now is kind of in the middle of Houston. But when I was growing up, it was on the edge. I mean, there was my neighborhood and then fields. And now yeah. my old neighborhood and miles and miles of city. Wow. Did you know I used to live in Houston? No, I did not know that. Where'd you where? I have no idea. I was 15. I, my dad lived down in Houston for 13 years, I think. And I went down, I, I was going to move in, move to my dad's at 16 years old. Yeah. And it was in South Houston, maybe. Yeah. Or so. I, and, um, and, and, and I, I, I you know, my ex-girl, well, she became my wife, but she, uh, she became more important than hanging out in Houston. So I got, yeah, we'll get dude, I, I only went to school one day and I got beat up by a bunch of Mexican kids. And <laughs> I did. I said, I ain't going back. No way. It was crazy, man. Like, oh my goodness. Not, uh, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't a big kid. I'm a big guy now, but I wasn't a big kid. I got my butt whooped. Well, man. hopefully that action shot made the yearbook. <laughs> right no kidding uh, so 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 you grew up in houston how was it for you was it was it uh no it, it was good you know it, it was good my uh my biological father he took off when we were when i was probably five okay uh so didn't see much of him uh i mean he called every now and then uh you know what well, i remember one time my my younger brother who's two and a half years younger than me. And this is his personality. Uh, my biological father called one time and uh, I think he, my brother who never knew him was probably eight answered the phone. And, and I, I, I don't know why I remember this, but he said, you know, is there anything I can do for you? And my little brother said, yeah, never call here again. I mean, it, it was just never sent child support. My mother wow. uh, raised this baby. I remember my mom coming home from school and my mom had was babysitting 16, 18 kids. Jeez. You know, and in my my grandfather, there was a big bakery here in Texas. It was called Rainbow Bread. And my grandfather, with a sixth grade education, uh, had worked his way up through that. It was fair made and then became Rainbow. He was chairman and CEO. And my mother would not take any help from him uh, on expenses or anything. And she did a phenomenal job. She just turned 81 a couple weeks ago and still 
going. But, you know, we went to, she put us in private schools. We wore the same clothes every day, same uniform. Other kids had the yeah. other uniforms. You know, they wore, I don't know if you remember the Izod shirts with the alligator on it. Of course, man. Yeah. We had one alligator that my mom would actually sew on other shirts so we could, we could fit in. And, you know, I didn't know it at the time. That's awesome. And so, yeah. And then, yeah. Then I had a stepdad come in from the time I was in the fifth grade and, and he was, uh, we had, he was a deal guy, you know, oil or capital markets or anything. And we were either had money or we had the elect uh, extension cord over the fence to the neighbors yeah. to pay the bills. And, yeah. uh, and he was an ex special forces guy and that was tough. You know, you, if he's up at four, we're all up at four. So I, it was good because I learned how to work. Wow. And so, yeah. And was there discipline? <laughs> <laughs> you don't seem like a guy that was disciplined much in life. <laughs> it, it was, yes. If there was anything wrong, it was, yeah. it was, it was tough. Yeah. 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 I, I, I can relate. I, I can relate to a lot of that actually. Um, so, so you went to high school um, all that in Houston graduated. Did you end up going to college? I did. Okay. Yeah, where, I was, where'd you start your college career? Well, <laughs> career is right. I, <laughs> I know you told me a little bit. Of, I went to four different colleges. Well, I played football in high school. Okay. And one of the things you probably shouldn't do is date the head coach's daughter, which I did. And if times were bad, I remember my senior year on uh, Christmas Eve, I got a call from the University of Oklahoma and said, just want you to know that your coach is blackballing you. <laughs> so uh, wow. Texas, Texas Tech wound up. I called them. I said, I, I want to go to Texas Tech. And they sent me to a junior college called Cisco Junior College. It's up uh, outside of Abilene. It's a town of about 4,000 people. Wow up on a hill and uh, they threw the ball all the time. So I went there uh, going into my sophomore year there. I had letters from everybody. I mean, to go play football. And in one game, I, I remember this, like I'm watching a movie. I dropped back to pass, the, did the read, the receiver comes around, should have curled, kept on going. I step up in the pocket, took a helmet to my left kidney, a helmet to my right elbow. And I dropped like a sack of potatoes and they, Man carted me off to the hospital and uh, my kidney was not in good shape. Uh, doctor told me I'd never play again. A couple days later, they said, we're going to send you over to Abilene and take out your kidney. So I called my roommate and I said, I need you to bring my 1978 Ford Fairmont station wagon <laughs> with the hood of the car that's tied down with a coat hanger. <laughs> so yeah, They're not taking my kidney. No. So I drove to Houston, went to your urologist and he told my mom, put him in bed for six weeks and whatever he wants, go get it for him. And wow. you know, I went back to school and got all my letters from the mail from all the schools and they were all get well, not one offer. I mean, it was Bear Bryant. Wow. Sorry to hear about your injury, you know, just, and people like that. And I've got them somewhere. I don't know where they are, but uh, Texas A&M actually said, come on over. And I went there and couldn't pass the physical. So I lived in an apartment and ate, <laughs> ate Kentucky Fried Chicken and Mr. Gaddy's Pizza every day for a semester. And yeah. The end of the semester, I was 240 pounds. Dude, I love some good KFC, man. Absolutely. And uh, <laughs> thought about joining the Army after that. And then a school, Stephen F. Austin, called and said, come on over. So I went there and had to red shirt. Everything was going great. In the spring, you play your spring game. Yeah. And I broke both my shoulders. Jeez. So that was over. So I sat there, you know, I'd get, get in the car, throw one hand on the steering wheel, <laughs> drive like this, oh get in the shower, trying to do this. Couldn't raise my arms. Jeez. Oh, man. So I so, sat out. Wow. Yeah. And this is, what what year in college are you now? This that... was, oh, God, this had to be 83, 84, I guess. Okay. And then... uh so you were like maybe what a sophomore? Yeah, a sophomore. Once I hurt my kidney, I was out of school, so I lost all my hours. So that put me behind. Wow. And uh, wound up going. I set out in the fall, did rehab, got back in shape, went to another school 
called Tarleton State in Stephenville, Texas, which is a big rodeo school. So going, <laughs> going to play football. But back then, the, the run and shoot was in with the Houston Gamblers and the USFL and, and all that. And, and that's yeah. what we were running. I was starting quarterback in the spring. So I come home for summer and I leave to go to camp. And I was dating a girl that lived up in Fort Worth. And I was at her house before I went to camp. My mom calls and she says, uh, well, your head coach, Bobby Fox, who was a backup for Johnny Unitas with the Colts. So we threw the ball, yeah. had a heart attack, and he's no longer coach. <laughs> so the new coach is our offensive lineman. And I go into, and I remember going in through the, you uh, know, because I said, okay, I, the, I'll be able to play USFL or NFL or something because we throw the ball so much. Yeah. And I'm in line to get quarterback pads, and the new coach says, no, you need to get big pads because we're going to run the veer and the option. And I'm six feet, 200 pounds, slow and white. Yeah. I can't run the option. <laughs> so, so I went from first string to third string. Oh, my God. And I thought, well, my career is over. And, and my I had an agent, which you're not supposed to. He said, just stick with it. You'll be fine. And, you know, midway through the season, I was going to go to medical school. I was a pre-med major. Yeah. I was working in the hospital. I was tutoring. The head coach who didn't like me had me tutoring other kids in biology, which really pissed me off. <clears throat> and so wow. I just, and so I just, th that was done. And I, you know, I thought the career was over with, but uh, here I am. Sitting here well, to you. <laughs> so, so you, but did you, you ended up, like you ended up going to, didn't you go to another school? No, that Tarleton State, that was the fourth one. I went to Cisco. Okay. AM, Stephen F. Austin and then Tarleton State. Did you ever graduate? I did not graduate. Okay. And I'll, I'll tell you why. I was uh, I was engaged and uh, everything was going to be great. I'm not going to play football anymore. I'll go. I'll, I'll go to medical school. And yeah. then all of a sudden we go from, let's move the wedding up to, I'm done with you. Uh, <laughs> Your roommate says you'll never amount to anything. And so, I, you know, at the at end of that semester, I just came home and figured I'm going to get on with my life and just wow. go get a job in sales. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my brother saw this semi-pro football team on the news down in Galveston, Texas. And he said, you need to go down there and try out. And I went down there and got on the team. And four weeks later, the Houston Oilers called me and brought me over for a workout and signed me. And there I was. <laughs> wait a minute so yeah. so so you go from i'm done with football to a semi like was it is that like the minor league system is that it's playing football for free with convicts <laughs> we had a guy we actually had a guy that was out of, he would get out of jail on the weekends he would, and he had to go back monday and through Friday. And, and oh my God. I remember we had guys on the team that would smoke on the sideline. <laughs> oh but I thought, you know what, if I'm going to ever make it or get a chance, I, I'm going to do it. And that team wound up, we wound up winning the semi-pro national championship that year. But, uh, you know, I got to go. And the, you were the quarterback? I was. Like the head court, the first yeah, ring. I, I finally got to start <laughs> high school without getting let's, hurt. Let's, let's make sure we're clear about this, Paul. <laughs> so you you were the starting quarterback, and you guys won the national championship. I was not starting when I got there, but I, yeah, correct. Wow, dude, so, that's awesome. Yeah, it was it was it was interesting, very interesting. So you you're pretty good at at, at the, now. Would you be good at throwing that one or? <laughs> Well, people say, can you still throw a football? And I'll tell them one time, I can throw it once. <laughs> and then it's a bunch of Tylenol and ice. <laughs> right, right. So, so, um, so you ended, okay, so you ended up with the Houston Oilers. Well, they're, they're the Texans now, right? Aren't they, or... the, uh, they moved to, uh, in 96, they moved to Tennessee. Now they're the Titans. Titans. That's right. Interesting side story that I have. I was in Nashville um, for a convention and in a bar in downtown Nashville, drunk out of my mind. And, um, and Steve McNair came in yeah. and I was playing pool and he put down a $50 bill and said, he'd bet. I said, okay. And so I, I beat Steve McNair's ass in pool <laughs> <laughs> and took his $50 Perfect. and made him autograph it as well. <laughs> That's but he had, he had 
the biggest dude I've ever seen in my entire life is one of his offensive linemen. This dude was massive. I've never met anybody so big in my life. No, it's incredible. It, that it's incredible how big and fast they are. They are massive, man. I, I'll tell you a funny story. My first day on the Oilers, I go over there and 30 minutes from signing my contract, I'm in full gear and I was nervous. So I had every pad on you could find. Yeah. I dropped back to pass and there was a guy named Doug Smith who was the starting uh, starting uh, nose guard, nose tackle, whatever they call it now. He, he was 6'6", 330 pounds. And I dropped back and I've got a red jersey on. Oh and I God. see him coming, and in my mind, I go, okay, I can outrun this guy. <laughs> and I take off running around to the right, and there's just this big shadow <laughs> coming over me. <laughs> oh, that sucks. And, and he bear slapped me in the back of the – in the oh. back, and I rolled into a chain link fence and just looked up, and he was, and he just looked at me and he goes, quarterback, this is the NFL, and you got a red jersey on. <laughs> oh, man. The next day I came out, no pads in my pants, no chin strap, because they couldn't hit you. In the, they can't hit you in practice. They don't right. hit quarterbacks, yeah. which was the best job I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> in practice. Did you, ever, did, you, did you start in any games? Did you no, do? I, after the Oilers, I went to the Arena Football League, and I started and played there. Okay. But not in. I don't know what's going on here? I just Kelly's stuff just popped up, and I don't know how to move it, so I can't see you. Uh, you can't see me. Let me call her. Her emails just all popped up for some reason. I'm on her screen. Uh, She's gonna it. it. Oh, there she is. Hi, kid. There you go. All right. I told you. Like, let me get out of here. I just sit where I'm told. <laughs> answer question that's awesome so so you you uh so did you play in any any of the um oilers games at all no i didn't okay i'll tell you something and you know going back to because people go uh you got to do this got to do this but i'd get up at four in the morning and go work out before once my old fiance's roommate told me well she said you'll never amount to anything you know I call BS on this and yeah. made a change because I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna prove it. Yeah. So I did. I got up and did, and all my friends, uh, you'll never play. Don't you need to stop trying? You're six feet tall, which is short. And the I used to go to camp. When I'd go to camp, they'd ask me if I was the kicker. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I was a pretty big guy. But you know, and so you're you have your friends telling you, don't do it, you're never gonna make it, you're not good enough. And yeah. then they sign, and you're on, you know, they see, oh, I saw you on the news. Can we get tickets? It's that type of stuff. But, yeah. and that happened in, in business with me and everything else was everybody telling me no. But that just, that motivated me to get up and go do it when I didn't want to do it, go yeah. do it. And that, that was probably the best satisfaction. I think, you know, a lot of people, <laughs> Chad says, Kelly is live bombing. Um, so, <laughs> So I think a lot of people, you know, um, and I'm very transparent. I'm a recovered alcoholic with 18 years sober. And, 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 you know, I, I, you know, people are like, all oh, the ego is edging God out. And dude, I, I, I disagree. I think the ego is a good thing. I think the ego can save your life. My ego saved my ass. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't be so somebody called me a worthless drunk and said, everybody knew I was. And I was like, whoa. That's that's not cool. We got to no. change that. No, and it's the same thing with you. No, you're you're absolutely right because if you accept what people are telling you, yeah, you have that attitude, you'll never get out of bed in the morning, Mm-mm. ever. It's never. over with. Yeah, you, know, you might as well go find you a shopping cart with good wheel good wheels on it and find a bridge. Yep. Because life's hard. I mean, it is tough. It is very very tough, man. It is, and so so you you ended up in the USFL. No, in the Arena um, Football League. Oh, Arena. Sorry, sorry, Arena Football. Um, and what now? How many teams were there in that? I don't. When I got in, there were six. I got in the second year in the Arena Football League. I played the second and third year in '88 and '89. Okay. I, June Jones was my quarterback coach at the Oilers, and he and Mouse Davis got me in that league. Wow. And so, so you, did you travel all over the U.S.? Yeah, how- yeah. My first year I played up in New England. We were based out of Providence. We played, you know, out in Los Angeles where I took a nice shot to the chin and got knocked out. 
I got Jeez. <laughs> actually it was a touchdown pass, so that was great. So, but I got up and I kind of I, I back then we didn't have the big plastic chin strap yeah. with the padding. It was the you know the yeah. one tear. I think they're paper mache or something. <laughs> yeah. I threw the ball and the guy hit me right in the chin. And I got up, and in the film, you can see, see me stumbling over to the wrong sideline. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the players got me to go down for the to hold the ball for the extra point, the point after the kick. And in the film, I'm sitting there like this, and they knew I was out of it, so they direct snapped it to the kicker, and he drop kicked it. And I'm still on the ground on a knee hold, with my hands out holding the ball. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. So, so did you um now wasn't that it was Trump that started or like made no, that whole league happen, wasn't no, Trump it? was he owned the New Jersey Generals in the USFL. Oh USFL, okay. Yeah, and he's the one that, that did the lawsuit. He pushed for the lawsuit against the NFL because he wanted to merge. Yes. The NFL yeah. because the USFL was a fantastic league in yeah. the spring, and he, you know, he uh kind of shot that down. Arena football, Charles says it's like watching live pinball. Arena football is brutal, man. It is. It's uh, it, And when I played, a bunch of people came over from the NFL. So just about everybody on the – I mean, we had guys on the line that were from the Jets, the Lions, the uh, Patriots. You know, wow. it was – and you, you don't have anywhere to run, which I'm slow anyway. You know, yeah, you know right. In, in football quarterback, in pro football, quarterbacks don't have to run the 40-yard dash or they don't time you. They just go over there and throw the ball. Right, right. Which is, you know, another perfect setup. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> wow. So so how long were you in uh, the arena football? Like two years, and then I tore my knee up in 1989. Okay. And actually, believe it or not, I met Kelly in 1989. And she came to my last game in Cincinnati where I tore my knee up. Wow. <laughs> we wound up getting married. So <laughs> wow. She's 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 like, oh, he needs me to take care of him. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you a funny story. She Kelly's from a small town in Louisiana. Yeah. And so when I was flying home to Houston to Intercontinental Airport, which is a huge airport, yep. In Houston. I mean, there's different terminals and and uh and Kelly had, hadn't lived in Houston long. So I, my knee's bad. I can barely walk. I have my bags, cowboy boots on, you know, it's August. And uh, I get the stuff and I, my knee's killing me. Uh, I was coming home to have surgery and I go, okay, where'd you park? And she goes, well, I don't know. I, I took a train from one parking lot to another. Oh, Lord <laughs> so have mercy. We were stumbling around Intercontinental Airport for a couple hours, but actually found her car at the airport and I don't know how we did it, but she remembered she was on a train and got to the terminal somehow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's it. That's it. She didn't know where it was. No, but she found it and uh, it's turned out well with her. So <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like I tell people it was love at first sight and I like awesome. her too. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you, you, uh, so after you got, what happened after you got out of that? Did you, did you, um, did you have, I mean, how does it work with like sponsorship and all that? Did you ever have like sponsors and no, I, I mean, up in, you know, we have people up there that give you cars to, for the season and stuff like that, but you know, uh, no, not, not really. Okay. Uh, I was just a guy that, you know, when I tell people where somebody says, oh, Kelly will say my husband played football and they'll just st look at me. And I, the first thing I said, you don't know me. <laughs> you never saw me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, wow. you know, no so, reels. <laughs> right, right, right. So, so what did you, what did you do after you got out of arena football? Well, after that I was done and, uh, yeah. and my brother and I uh, figured we'd go into, I've been self-employed since high school. Yeah. You know, uh, and so we wanted to start when he was in college up at Loyola in Chicago, he worked for a moving company. And we said, well, let's just start a moving company. And no, I mean, banks wouldn't loan us money to go buy a truck. So we would actually go up to houses that had for sale signs in the yard and knock on the door and say, if you, the, the homeowner, will go rent a, a truck, a U-Haul rider, whatever the trucks are, we'll do the move for you. And that's how we started. Wow. 
And then we finally, you know, we'd go to the bank and explain to them, look, we're doing this much business and we're spending this much on renting trucks. And banks still wouldn't loan us a uh, loan us money to buy a used rider or, or U-Haul truck. So we found a doctor to co-sign a loan for us. And that's how we got our first truck. Wow. And uh, and it, it's funny because I actually moved back to my parents' house to save money. And we parked this bob, 24-foot bobtail truck in their yard or in the in the driveway. Wow. And we called my bedroom the Bedfist because it was the bedroom and the office. Oh my God. Now my brother still had an apartment, so he was doing fine. He was my younger yeah. brother, but I still had to work out of the Bedfist. And this is after you played professional football. Correct. Correct. Wow. Yeah. This wow. was we started this, I think, in 1990. Did you ever did you ever have that sense of I played in the NFL. I shouldn't be living at my parents. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, when I, when I, when I played ball, it, it was, it was fun. It was always yeah. a goal. I mean, I didn't drink in high school. I didn't go to my prom. I didn't, I never tasted a beer until I was 23. Wow. I was focused on what I wanted to do. Yeah. And, and that was it. I got there. And when I was done, I was done. I, well, I, one thing I'm pretty good at is compartmentalizing. Once it's yeah. over with, I, it's I'm over. done. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, you know, when I was in school, at first, first three or four weeks of school, I was great, you know, but after that, I'm just, I'm thinking about what else I should be doing. Right. I was in college to play football, but yep. when, well, once I switched to pre-med and was going to go to medical school, that was, I, I did great because yeah. I was busy all the time. I worked. Right. Worked the emergency room at night. I worked the crisis hotline. I went to school and I played football. So I was doing good. But if yeah. if I was bored, it was over with. Yeah. So you know, once football was done, I, I focused strictly on building the business, and we and we did well. I mean, we didn't get we didn't get paid. We made sure the bills were paid. I finally moved out probably a year and a half, two years after that, when we wow. started paying each other. Yeah. And uh, you know, we built it up from uh, one truck. A loaner loaner trucks to buying a truck. It we built it up and sold it six years later. But at one point we had seventeen trucks. We had uh, fifty about fifty employees. We had thirty seven thousand square foot warehouse. Wow. Yeah, and uh, we had eighteen wheelers running forty eight states. You know, and it's just you, and we're the last guys to get paid. You know, I I um I when I was in um long story, but I was pretty much homeless in Seattle, um, at one point. And, and this, um, this dude I met, met out drinking, um, says, well, I own a moving company. If you need a job and you want to make some cash, I'll pay you cash every day. And I'm like, cool. I have drinking money. <laughs> so I, I show up the next day earlier than the crack of anything. And I'm like, so the, and the dude that was like the head of the truck that I was riding on, yeah. he's like, well, we got four moves scheduled with one, one uh, baby grand piano. And I'm like, okay, four <laughs> moves. What's that mean? Dude. I was like, this is insanity. Yeah. And he's like, run, you got to run. I'm like, run. He's like, run, run in, grab a box, run it to the truck, run back. I'm like, are you out of your mind, dude? What are you smoking? Like, I'm not running. What? And and so I I, I worked one day. Yeah. So I'll never do this again, ever. No yeah. way. It is hard work. It, it is. It is tough work. And we, my brother and I did the moves ourselves at, when we first Gosh. got started. Dude, that, that, it's hard. Yeah. It's really, really hard work. It, it is. It's not easy. Yeah. So, so you did that for six years, you sold the company and what did you, what'd you end up doing after well, that? We, we, I'll tell you, we, we sold the company because I mean, it was, I was tired of it. Yeah. Um, we had, and I'll tell you the story. Uh, we had an operations manager and we moved this lady. She was 86 years old and wanted to move up to Tyler and, and didn't have any money. So I said, okay, we'll move her for free if we can, you know, put some of our new people in there to train. And so yeah. we sent our operations uh, manager over there to do it. And she calls back or somebody called and said, you know, we're missing jewelry. And so we'd start at the top. Everybody goes and takes a lie detector test. And so his comes back uh, that the guy calls said, you don't need to send anybody else. This guy is guilty as hell. And so we suspend him with pay. And we used to pay our employees on Monday 
because we paid them on Friday, they wouldn't show up to work Saturday. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so this guy threatens to kill me in front of everybody. So we get a police report. He wants his check. He knows when it's going to be. So anyway, suspend him with pay. Uh, next thing I know, the de uh, Department of Labor is walking into our office wanting to sue us or fine us all this money. So we fight that. At the end of the day, they go, um, you know, you owe this guy $6,000. And I said, we have proof that he stole money from this lady. He threatened to kill me. There's a police report. He did it in front of other people. Yeah. He threatened all kinds of stuff. And you want us to pay him $6,000. And the guy, I remember him sitting in my office, me and my brother and, and, and the guy from the Department of Labor. And he goes, well, that's the law. And I don't make the law. And I said, well, I'm going to run for Congress and change the law. And I wound up running for Congress after that. Wow. So, wow. That's a good reason to run for Congress. Yeah. And I and need did, did you win? No, I lost by seven points. Uh, I ran against an incumbent. Uh, wow. I lost by seven points, outspent 14 to one. And I want to talk, just, just so you know, what's going on with, with this election, I don't know yeah. how many non-Trumpers are watching, but it actually does happen. Happened to me. Uh, we woke up on election day in uh, 2000. All my signs were gone. And in early, early voting in Texas, you can vote two weeks early. Paper yeah. ballots. And you have three Republicans, three Democrats in counting the votes. And we figured we needed like 38% and numbers were 43%. Okay, great. We're feeling good. So election night comes around. The polls close at seven o'clock. You have to get all the votes, seal them up, get them to the county. They certify county, uh, counts them, certifies them, sends them to secretary of state. So you're good three, four hours. Yeah. 730, 30 minutes after the poll closes, I get a call from a guy on the state board of education from this certain county that's, you know, he goes, yeah. well, it's over with. You, George W. Bush, and Kay Bailey Hutchinson all got 30% across the board. This is 30 minutes after. And once we looked into it, I mean, in one precinct, the incumbent congressman that I was running against got 194% voter turnout. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. It, I, I tell you, that was an experience. And uh, we had death threats. Kelly had her tires slashed. What? Oh, yeah. It was, it was, it was brutal. And I wouldn't do it now with social media and what they do to you. No, it's crazy, dude. I, I have a I have a good friend. I've done a lot of work here in Ohio for the Republican Party, and I, I have a good friend that was state senator for two terms here and um, worked on on his website and campaign stuff. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I I set up his email, and and it was uh, hey, my wife's watching. It was, um, it was about, I don't know. He, he didn't know how to check his email. So I go over to his, his office and I'm like, dude here. And I log in and, and he had thousands and thousands of, I mean, nasty email yeah. and he's laughing about them. Yeah. I'm like, these people are threatening to kill you, dude. He's just, yeah, delete. And he's laughing. I'm like, they're threatening to kill you. Yeah. Don't you. Shouldn't you like call the, he's like, nah, dude, I'm not. And he just, like, it was crazy. I mean, it's nuts, man. It is. Politics is absolutely insane. It is. It's, it's unbelievable. I, I ran twice, but uh, Jeez. yeah. Speaking of what, what your guy went through and him laughing about it. Yeah. We had, uh, they put out uh, negative mailers on me and they were all in color. I mean, it was just negative. Made me look like a convict and, all oh. this stuff. And my campaign manager's going, this is horrible. I'm just excited as can be. I was telling we could never afford stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> look at this. I look thin. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, it, it was, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it's crazy. So, so, um, what, so what, after, after that, what, what business, what did you do? I mean, you, I know you don't, didn't get a job. You, you, you probably started a business of some kind. You know, after that, uh, you know, that was November. I woke up, we were broke. I mean, no money, uh, house payments due behind Christmas is around the corner. We had two small kids. Yeah. I remember one time my son's birthday party. Uh, we were behind on mortgage 
And uh, I told, you know, this was back when we had a landline at home. I said, don't answer the phone to my in-laws, anybody that do not answer the phone. Yeah. Phone rings. My father-in-law answers it, <laughs> yells out, Paul, your mortgage company is on the phone. Oh and at, at the same time, I had two guys knocking on the door saying, your mortgage company sent us here. You need to respond to them. And so, oh my God. And, you know, I remember calling Kelly saying, Hey, don't come home. The repo guy's driving around. You know, he'd drive around and then I'd call, okay, you can come home now. And so we went through that and I had some guys that were in the oil business offer me a job uh, to go work for them. And so I went and met with them. Uh, they had an office in Austin, which is about three hours from here. Yeah. So I went over there and met with them and they said, look, you know, we want you to do this and do this and kind of be the head, you know, face of the, because I ran for Congress and met a lot of people. Yeah. They thought I could help them with, you know, money raising and families with, you know, acreage. And so they said, you know, and I was, we were broke. I mean, broke. Yeah. They said, you know, the first six months, you probably make a hundred thousand dollars in six months, which is a lot of money. Right. I'm driving back and I, I'm driving through this little oil town called Giddings, Texas, and they're drilling a well on the side of the road. And I thought to myself, uh, I'm going to just start my own company and do this myself. And I called Kelly and I, I said, uh, Hey, I'm going to, I'm not going to take the job. I'm going to do this myself. And, uh, you know, being the, the trooper she is, she just said, okay, if, if that's wow. what you want to do. And so I came home, I, I knew zero, I, I don't want to say knew zero. I knew maybe 2%, two points of the oil business. So I started, uh, I partnered with a guy um, that had been in the business and we started putting some projects together and getting some individual investors and, and you know, things like that. And just went to a family that I'd met when I ran for Congress and they had 350,000 acres in Texas. Wow. Uh, you know, a whole lot. And so, and they used to be very hard to deal with in the industry. Everybody knew them. They said, we're not going to deal with them. They're just too difficult. But we had met them when I ran for Congress and they didn't charge me any fees to get a lease. You know, we, we went in and worked some old wells Yeah. and, you know, cut a deal with another company to put up all the money and do that. And we'd get 25%, they'd get, you know, 75%. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're able to bandaid here and there and stay afloat. And, uh, I, I remember one one point of this about a year later, we had Kelly and I were, were doing some fundraising to help poor families with Christmas. It was Christmas yeah. time and, and we were broke. Yeah. And, and to get them Christmas presents. And and, uh, and uh, one guy had sent a, a check of one hundred dollars to the city hall rather to, than our house. And, it, and he made it to me. Paul Williams. And I was yeah. trying to sell my interest, my 25% to another company at that time, because we were just so, so broke. Yeah. And, uh, and nobody do it. And, uh, and we got that check and I said to Kelly, I said, Kelly, you know, this hundred dollars it's made to me. It really help us right now. We have no food. They're about to cut off, you know, electricity and everything. And we just thought about it and prayed about it. And, and we both said, no, that's not what it's for. So we went and a week later, I sold that uh, interest for $50,000. Wow. So, I mean, you know, it tells you doing the right thing. God's going to test you and, and lead you where you want to go. And you, you do the right thing. Everything's going to work out. And so that helped. And yeah, you know, after I started building. That's powerful. That's, that's a powerful lesson too. It is. <clears throat> because um, that would have been very tempting. And you know what, man, I've, I've been, I've been there. My wife and I have been through it, man. We lost a house. We, you know, we were behind on our mortgage <laughs> years oh, yeah. ago and we, you know, got so far behind, they took it. Um, but, you know, I it, mean, it's a common deal too. I mean, you're sure. not the one that's been through that. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Oh, eight, oh, nine. Yeah. It, it, uh, there were a lot of people that, 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 that lost everything, you know, so. But I, I think that it's in our darkest moments like that, you know, our, our true character is revealed and, 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 you know, God's strength is revealed as well to us. So, absolutely. <clears throat> hey, there's Doug Wing. I don't, do you know that guy? I do not. Hey, Doug, how are you? 
I guarantee you've used his products. I'll bet his uh, his dad is the founder creator of the Little Giant Ladder. Okay, awesome. Yeah, most Very people good. have heard of it. That's yeah. that's yeah. But, um, so 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 you got into the oil business um, and struck black gold. <laughs> A little bit. We had some success. Yeah. We had some dry, dry holes as well. Yeah, things were going well. Um, you know, I went from having the uh, repo guy drive around to being. I, I remember the day uh, Kelly, we we're going to go get her a new car finally, and I was able to buy a Lexus off the showroom. You know, wow. brand new, and so I, you know, was glad. I was happy I could finally do that for my wife. Yeah, uh, because you know, because she she never said don't don't do that. You need to go get a job. Ever. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and it's, uh, it's been tough. And then we, you know, we, we went through there and then we had an issue. Things are going great. Had an issue, uh, with an old partner in tragedy. He wound up, uh, hanging himself, cost us a lot of money and some stuff. So had to start over in 2006. Oh my I lost God. Lost everything. Uh, wow. So yeah, had to start over and, uh, we're going well. And then, uh, 2008, 2009 hit. And uh, Robert, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't going to say it, but mine too. Uh, that's right. You know, we had some, uh, some of the neighbors around here uh, that knew us when the repo guy was driving around to where when I was able to buy Kelly the Lexus off the showroom, called actually called us the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> so, I, I've, unfriended, I've unfriended them on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. So, 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 so in 2006, you lost everything because of a, a, a bad situation with a partner yeah. and, and, and started over again, started over again. Uh, things were going well. We were about to start, you know, and then 2008 hit and you, well, you know that, you know, that story. I mean, yep. you're sitting there watching the market, watching the market crash yeah. and everything else. And, you know, because because we deal in, in our business, what we do is is we, we have a good team. We'll go out and identify some acreage that we want to drill oil on. And, you know, I've done and back then before the 2006, we were drilling the big 16,000 foot wells. I mean, they, yeah. then they cost six million dollars to drill. And we would partner with some guys in New York that were good. And and so we you know everything was going well. Uh and I've drilled in California and then the Eagleford shale came in and we started doing that, but you don't make any money. So now I've gotten back to drilling shallow, like Beverly Hillbillies. If right. it goes to the ground, you know, it's lower risk because what we do is we go out and raise money through individuals because right. our stuff is too small for the private equity funds. Right. We have right. Individuals that invest for a percentage and on the leases and when we drill the wells. So that's how we do it now. Gotcha. But yeah. Starting over. And, and so that's, you know, that's what we do. And, so what do you think? I mean, you know, you've, um, my gosh, man, you've, you've done a lot of amazing things. I, I, I mean, whether you ever played or not, doesn't matter. You were still signed by the NFL Yeah. by, by a played play or you were a member of. <laughs> yeah, I was in the team picture. <laughs> <laughs> but you were, the, you were the backup quarterback for the, the Houston Oilers. You yeah. You've um, you played arena football. You've done a lot of amazing things, and you know what do you think holds holds most people back in life from from experiencing success and 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 real happiness and joy and and all of that. Um, I, I think there are people are afraid to fail, and the I think the worst thing is people are afraid what of what other people are going to think about. Yep. You know, and if you'll just get that out of your head and go, if you want to do something, go. This is how this country was built. Yeah, yeah, it was built because people were tired of somebody telling them what they can't do. Yep. And they said, screw it. And they did. I mean, look at what we've done in 200 plus years. Yep. We lead the world because of people like the guy that his dad did the ladder. Yep. Where did that come from? I mean, if he would have showed his friends, this is what I want to do. And they laughed at him. He wouldn't have done it. They did laugh at him. And you got to hear the story. It's amazing. I want to. I mean, that's, you know, and, and like you, people told you, oh, you're the 
biggest drunk around. You don't need to do it. And you've turned yeah. that around yeah. because you didn't listen to what other people told you you can't do. I, like I said earlier, my friends, you know, you can't play football. You can't play pro football. You're too short. You're too slow. You don't have any business experience. You weren't a business major. You can't start a business. Why are you running for United States Congress? Why don't you run for local city council? Right. You know? Well, that's not how the world works. That's right. The world works on what you see and what you want to do. If you have if you have the guts to go do something, then go do it. But don't yep. let other people tell you you can't do something. Love that, man. I I I, I literally wrote a long post about that yesterday. And it was about that that moment where I stopped giving a sh crap <laughs> about, uh, about what everybody else thought. And and and, you know, it was it literally was for me, it became a moment, but it became a moment after a lot of uh, long years of of being more concerned about what other people thought than actually pursuing what I wanted. Yeah. And, and, and once, once you, you flip that switch, man, there ain't, it's like we say in, in recovery uh, about drinking, once you become a, a pickle, there ain't no going back to being a cucumber. Exactly <laughs> right. Exactly right. Yeah. right? Like yeah. once that, that, that switch flips and, and, and you, man, it it's, it's on like Donkey Kong. So, 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 um, so you, you think that that it's that's the biggest thing that's holding people back is yeah. I mean, do you want to live your life or do you want to live what everybody else's life? What they're telling you you should do, and I you know people are so concerned about what other people think about them and what yeah. they're trying to do, and if they fail, people are going to at least you tried. I mean, I, I think it was Theodore Roosevelt that wrote that in the arena. Yeah, you're in the arena, and I remember my friends used to say, "Well, you never got to play when you were on the Oilers." I said, well, how'd, you, how'd I look on the field from you buying the ticket to sit in the seats to watch? Yeah. You know, I went and did it because other people told me I wouldn't amount to anything. Right. So I got up and did it. And anybody can do whatever they want to do. We haven't been, you know, that's what we used to be taught in school when they teach American history, how this country was built. Yeah. How, yep. people, how people, I mean, think about it. You can go in the hospital and get a heart transplant. Who can, Who thought of that? Who right. learned how to do that? We put people on the moon because somebody said we're going to do it. So you yep. got a bunch of guys to figure it out. Now, of course, a bunch of guys without calculators, by the way. Yeah. Actually, do long math. Now you have kids that can't read cursive. You, you know, they're not teaching it anymore. You hand somebody a card in cursive and they stare at it. We're t we're teaching our our daughter how to how to write in, in cursive. So it, the schools aren't teaching it. It's crazy. No. It's no. crazy. The 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 the. Well, we won't get into um, outside agendas, but um, you know, I I think that. And, and by the way, the arena is one of my favorite favorite poems, and I have it. It's on a huge frame. It's back here in the back of my office that needs to go up on the wall, but yeah, it's, um, there's nothing like nothing will beat somebody that gets in the, in the ring and just, <clears throat> I had a friend that his, um, this, this guy, this guy built a hundred million plus a year company and very, very profitable company. And, and one day I call, this guy up and, and I, I had one employee, Paul, and I, I, I couldn't pay him. I, yeah. I, I could not pay my employee this one week. And, and it wasn't even that much money looking back, but at the moment it was like, it felt like a million dollars. Yeah. Like I owe this guy a million dollars and he's going to die and starve to death. And it's my yeah. fault, you know? And, and, and I remember, and my office was so small that I couldn't talk to this guy in the office. So I went way out in the parking lot to talk to this guy just for advice. I didn't want money from him. I said, I, I know that at some point you struggled in business and, and now you're doing over a hundred million dollars a year and you drive the big 745 IL and like, you know, what's the secret? And he said, dude, 
there was a time when I had five credit cards and they were all maxed out $400,000. I would put payroll on my credit card sometimes if I, if, if it was even available, yeah. there were times when I would get all 40, 50 employees together and say, Hey, we're not going to make payroll this week, but we'll get you next week. Yeah, got, there. Yeah. yeah. And he said, some, some people walked out said, nah, yeah. screw this place. I'm out of here. Yeah. And other people stayed. The people that stayed are now all millionaires. Yeah. All of them. Right. Absolutely. He said the secret, if you want the secret, here it is. You stay in the ring, you keep running, you keep fighting and you don't let that effing tiger catch you. Yeah. <laughs> That's, exactly. what yeah. That's what he said. I was like, what, what's the tiger dude? What's the tiger? That's what I want to know. Like, just tell me what the tiger is. I know what to look for. It's like the big guy grabbing you. You're like, I knew he was coming for me, right? So, but I, I you know, that is the that that is what owning a business is about. That's what not just owning a business. That's what life is. If you're if you're living life on the sidelines and and not actually in the game, it gets boring. It does. And if you're in the game, you're gonna be hit. Yes. You're going to get hit hard. You're going to get knocked out, but eventually you'll score. You'll do it. And what you said, talking to other people, that reminded me when we started the moving company, that doctor that co-signed the loan for us, he goes, I want you to call this guy named Rod. He's a friend of mine. He does deliveries. And I go, I don't, we do our own deliveries. So I call this guy up and he goes, you don't know why you're calling me, do you? And I go, no. And he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, I figured with, you know, Bobby telling you that you wouldn't know. And he goes, I started with one truck. Now I have 750. I do 40 million a year. And I would go to his office at 545 in the morning every day. And his name was Rod Crosby. He's 81, 82 now. Wow. Uh, and he had his company and they built it up. It was fantastic. And, and I did the same thing in oil and just what you're doing, going to seek out people and ask them, how do you do this? Yeah. You, know, you don't want to ask a fat guy how to get skinny. It doesn't work. No. It, if you don't know what you're doing, go find somebody that's done it. They will tell you. They'll help you. You know, find a mentor. Successful people love to help other people starting. Yeah. And that's that helps you. Go find those friends. Yeah. If other friends are telling you you can't do something, you're you're 100% right. I agree with you, man. I think the biggest problem with people, I, I think you'll agree, is, and this is metaphorically, but I think that a lot of people – are listening to the advice of the fat guy telling you how to get skinny. Absolutely. And they don't even realize that, that it's a fat guy telling you how to get skinny. Yeah, no, you're right. It's easier for people to drag you down than to tell you you can do it because then they have to do something. They have to step up. Yeah. You know. That's true, man. That's true. So what's on the horizon for you, man? Um, I'm. We're working on uh, just building the oil and gas. You know, we, we were supposed to, on our current project, we were supposed to, supposed to start a pretty aggressive drilling program. And then this COVID hit, Saudi Arabia was fighting with Russia and oil prices went down to from $50 to 40 to 30 to $6 to negative 38. And we're sitting there going, here I am again, not getting paid. You know, how are we going to do this? This is this year. And so I, I think we're close to starting to be able to drill. But with that happen, just to show you how you can maneuver things, um, through relationships, people would call me, Hey, I need storage for oil. Do you know anybody? So we started helping matchmaking people, you know, Jim needs this, Bob has this, putting them together. And it also got us into being able to matchmake with people that need or want to sell oil, gas, diesel, jet fuel, uh, shipping. So we've started doing that. My son's come on to work with me now is the last, uh, about two months ago. So we're doing that as well. So yeah, raise money and try to drill wells. <laughs> That's it. What is this going to look like with the, I don't think that we'll ever have a Biden administration, but. Uh, I, you know, I hope not, uh, yeah. but if the oil and get my opinion on, on, uh, on the, uh, if Biden gets in, your taxes going to go sky high. Yeah. Oil's going to be $150 a barrel. Yeah. Gasoline. I was, I paid in California for regular gasoline, regular unleaded $3 and 55 cents here in my car. I have to put 
premium unleaded in my car, it's a dollar eighty in Texas. Wow. And uh, you know, it, it's 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 amazing. I, I don't get the stupidity. You know, yeah. people, I can say this because I'm a guest and I'm a conservative, but this is amazing uh, what's going on here. I mean, the the combined IQ of what Biden's going to put in the cabinet and the Oval Office has to be negative four. <laughs> I mean, and that, with these people, you know why people spend 70 and 80 and $100 million to run for a job that pays $170,000 a year in Congress and the Senate. You go in broke and you come out a millionaire and laws don't apply to you. It's true, man. And it's on both sides. It's not Absolutely. just one-sided. It's on both sides. And Absolutely. I, yeah, I, I, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm with you, dude. Man, Paul, you're a good dude. I'm glad that, um, I'm glad that I'm very grateful that you came on and, and shared your, your story, man. Where, if everybody wanted to follow you, where's the best place to follow you? Uh, I'm on Facebook. I don't know why, uh, but Parlor PLW463, uh, my company, uh, stallion-energy.com, uh, or obviously my Kelly Williams, my, my wife and her Kelly Williams show. I do have a Facebook show called Telling It Like It Is with Paul and Bruce. Facebook yeah. is, we used to reach about 800,000 a week. Now we Facebook has banned us and cut us off and shut our show down. I think we're reaching 1,400 people a week now. Wow. My partner on that, Bruce, challenged Mark Zuckerberg to a fist fight. <laughs> that, uh, I mean, I... I think that has something to do with it. Unless your partner's a little girl, I don't think that would be a fair fight. <laughs> exactly right. I told him, I've been fighting a phone booth and give Zuckerberg a knife. <laughs> oh, my God. But uh, I appreciate you having me, and you've got a great story. It's very inspirational, and, and thank you for everything that you do. Oh, dude, thank you, man. I appreciate it. I can't wait to meet you and your wife in person. And maybe uh, I've never thought of Houston as a vacation destination, but uh, maybe maybe we'll make a trip down there. Well, we're outside of Houston in a small town called Kima. We're on the water. There's a boardwalk down here, like a little Santa Monica restaurants. Oh, Tell wow. 1,000 people. We get 4 million visitors a year. Come down. Wow. I'll cook some good seafood or steak for you. You'll love it. Have a great time. Wow. That sounds like a good time. And we're the same size. I'm six foot as well. So, um, yeah, I might, I might, I be, but I've been listening to a fat guy tell me how to get skinny. So <laughs> well, I'm glad we're from the neck up here, from the shoulders up here. I get on a scale now. A ticket comes out, says one at a time. That is freaking hilarious, dude. Oh, well, um, let's see. We don't live on the water, but one good storm. What? That's my wife. People go, do you live on the water? I tell them we're one good hurricane away. You can uh, see the water from our house, but there's about a hundred yards to the water. So one good storm. And y'all aren't far from um, like Galveston, right? That's not far. We're right between Houston and Galveston on the Galveston Bay. Wow. Wow. You have that liberal sheriff down in Houston. Yeah, that's I live that's Harris County. I'm in Galveston County where we have a conservative, you know, in Harris County, they do all the mask and all that. Our county judge down here says that's unconstitutional. So wow. he he didn't want to do the lockdowns or anything else. So we're uh, we're not in occupied territory yet. So is it, are all the restaurants and everything wide open there? Yeah, down here where I live, they are in Houston with the, uh, with the socialists up there running that town. They're, you know, going out of business. They just, they have no idea on how basic math works, which is a shame. Yeah. It's terrible, man. A lot of businesses have, have been, um, put out of business. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, man. It's well, crazy. If, Biden, if Biden does get in, buy your toilet paper and paper towels now. Because <laughs> you're gonna need them. They're they're out. Yeah, the stores are out here. I will say I was ordered. I was able to order two cases online the other day, and so wow. it should be here tomorrow. I'm pretty proud of myself for that accomplishment. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be selling them at the corner <laughs> at the Shell station. No kidding, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can get top dollar out of that. Exactly. Well, listen, man. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate you coming on. You're a good dude. Appreciate your story. It's amazing. And and 
everybody go follow Paul. What's your what's your parlor again? PLW463. PLW463. Yeah, Got because it. you know Paul Williams is such an uncommon name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. So, but but Ken, thank you again. You're an inspiration. Uh, always enjoy watching your show and keep doing thank what you're doing. Thank you, man. Don't hang up on me. I'm going to end the live stream though. So hang with me so we can chat for a minute. Y'all have a great day. Thank you so much. Happy Thanksgiving. It's tomorrow. It is. Right? Yeah, tomorrow. Jeez. And we're still allowed to say that. I think I'm going to have 100 people over at my house just to set them off. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just read a story about a lady in Orange County, California that's having 300 people. Perfect. I'm I know. Hero. <laughs> I know. I love this woman. <laughs> All right, dude. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. Y'all have a good, happy Thanksgiving to everybody watching, and we will see you all next week. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye.